We've got a lot of things going on at Elevate Life Church. Today is the uh, very last day to make sure that you uh, sign up for the A's game. And I know some of you bought uh, extra tickets. If you could just go back to the table there, and if you're going with more than one person, please put, their, uh, put that down back there. We want to get an accurate count as we order the tickets, which we'll be doing tomorrow. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. Remember, you don't have to have kids to go. It's fathers and sons. So if you're a father or a son, a.k.a. a man, come on, amen, <laughs> or a young man, then uh, you can come. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's just a great way to get out and uh, enjoy a good ball game. We're still, that, that cost right there just covers the ticket. But um, the A's have it to where you can still tailgate, and they still have tailgating there. So we're probably going to queue it up and barbecue. And uh, they also allow you to take food inside the stadium. And so you could take whatever you grill, we could take it inside and, and save some money because you know they charge you like 10 bucks for a hot dog. Come on, you come on, you just know how it is. It's even higher if you go to a, gi a giant game, amen? But don't get me started on that, all right? So, uh, but anyways, make sure you're a part of that. And also, uh, the couple's uh, awakening is going to be a great time, and that's coming up. I believe we have everybody that is going already registered, so just make sure you get your payment in, and that's going to be a great time. We're getting together with Innovations Church, and uh, we're going to have a Thursday night, a Friday, and a Saturday to just really allow God to speak into our marriages and to, uh, and to strengthen what is the most important relationship that you'll have on earth. And I'm just so proud of all of you that responded. And this is not to make any of you feel bad that can't go or whatever. But I'm just, I'm just so proud of the couples here that uh, responded to this. Because there's always an excuse to not do the right thing. Wow, no amens on that. Amen. <laughs> yeah, but let me, don't make me preach on this today. There's always an excuse not to do the Oh, I couldn't get the day off. You know, oh, I, I, you know, we don't have the money. Well, get the money. Get the money. Amen? Oh, y'all going to make me preach to you today. You say, well, how do I do that, Pastor? You own the God that owns the cattle. You, you, you're in relationship, I should say, with the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You don't think if you prayed for it, sowed for it, he would bring it? Oh, y'all need faith this morning. Y'all going to make a, I'm about to lose my coat up here. Uh, uh, you know, I, these things are important, but I do. I really want to uh, encourage all of you that, man, you guys signed up, and it's going to be a great time, and God's going to meet you there. Whenever something takes effort and you take the effort to, to, to get there, that, that's a sacrifice, and God always sh shows up with fire when there's sacrifice. And plus, we're going to have a great time, and I, my wife and I are looking forward to just connecting with everybody out there in Lake Tahoe, so... Um, uh, get ready for that, and I know uh, I already announced, but Pastor Charles will be here in June. May 1st, we have with us uh, Pastor Kirk Nawalo from Trinidad, uh, the Apostles Ministry. He's going to be here uh, in a couple weeks, and it's going to be a great time. So God's, God's doing some great things, so don't miss out. Every time you miss a Sunday, you're missing an ingredient that God's trying to get into your life. So uh, be committed to that, and uh, you won't be sorry. Amen? Well, let's go ahead and uh, turn in the Bibles to 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. And before uh, we go any further with this, I've been forgetting to do this for the last couple weeks, but we want to award our pillar of the month. And I don't even know if she's here today, but our pillar of the month for last month in March was Emily Vang. Is Emily around? Or? She's in kids. See, that's what a pillar does right there. Give her a good hand anyway. 
And so Emily was our pillar of the month for March. She serves with kids. She serves with the dance ministry. She helps out with the youth. And she is just an incredible asset. All that while taking on a full load at Sac State. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all don't, don't even know what that's like. That is very stressful and very hard. But she doesn't make God take a back seat to what she's doing and her goals. And not only is she acts at, at Sac State, but she's excelling there. She's doing incredible things. This incredible young lady out there. So uh, keep her in your prayers, and we just want to thank her for being our pillar of the month uh, for, for the month of March. We can't do what we do without all of you guys here. And on that note, too, on behalf of the Labrado family, we want to thank every single person that was able to serve yesterday at that incredible uh, ce uh, celebration of life for Daniel Labrado. You guys, you guys really made my wife and I proud to pastor you the way you all stepped up, and the singers, and, and Eddie sharing his gift on the keyboard, and uh, the greeters, all of you that provided food and served. It was just an amazing thing, and I know it meant so much to the Labrado family uh, uh, in, in, in so many ways. And this is what be, having church and being a church is about. When one person's hurting, we all get involved in the healing process. And you guys have done that, and uh, I just want to thank you guys. And I know the Labrado family, every single one of them was just so touched by your generosity. And that's what I want to be known for in this community. We want to be a church that's generous in every single way. Amen? Amen. So thank you for that. Well, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18, it says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now listen to this part. Well, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's stop there and pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for the opportunity that we have to get into your presence. Lord, we thank you that we do not serve a dead God, but a living God. And Father, my prayer today is that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would come in this room and bring the anointing to preach and pull down strongholds within our minds. Lord, adjust our vision. Open our spiritual eyes so that we can focus on the eternal and not just the temporal. We ask you to move in this place today, Father, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, this scripture here says a lot. And we've been talking the last couple months, uh, last couple weeks, I should say, about eternal life here on earth. And this, this whole, per, uh, the whole purpose of bringing this to you is because I believe as Christians many times, we have the wrong perception of what eternal life is. We think eternal life is for later, when the fact is eternal life begins the moment you accept Jesus Christ into your life. It begins at that point. Life, eternal life comes into you. Most Christians are waiting to experience it for when they die. It's like, oh, eternal life, I'll get to experience that when I'm with God the Father in heaven. No, listen, you're with God the Father now. Can I get an amen on that? You don't have to wait to get to heaven to be with God. God is with you now. But the problem is we, most of us ignore the God of now looking forward to seeing him in heaven. Oh, you, you know, you're making me take my jacket off. I feel like I'm, I'm in a fight today. That's all right, though. The, the sleeves are going up next. I'm just telling you. I'm going to leave them down right now. But y'all making me preach to you today. So, so eternal life for most Christians 
is only about where we go when we die. And to live like that is to cheapen the gift that Jesus Christ gave you when he died on the cross. Because when he died, what he did is he gave you access to the ability to know God the Father now. That's why we've been reading in the scriptures over the past weeks that Jesus said, what is eternal life? That they might know you, the one true God. So when you come to an altar like some of you might do today and some of you did last week and months before and years before, and you came up and you asked Jesus Christ into your life, see, they told you you just got a ticket to heaven. Now, don't get me wrong, a ticket to heaven is cool because the alternative to that is not a good thing. It's straight up hell, amen? It's burning in the lake of fire forever and ever. Well, I don't believe that. Well, you need to get a Bible. You need to read what Jesus taught. might not be socially correct to talk about that in churches today, but Jesus talked about it. It's a, it's a true reality. Amen? But that's not all we got. What we got, the, we got access to God the Father. And eternal life started for you at an altar when you made a commitment. The problem with most of us, we leave that altar, we walk around, we go back to who we are, and we go back to the life that we have, and we don't experience God one iota. And we just have this, this eternal hope that, well, one day at least I'll go to heaven. Praise God for that hope. Don't lose that. But what I'm trying to get you to see is you can have eternal life here on earth. And what is eternal life but to know God the Father? He wants to be a part of your life every day. Every day he wants to be a part. He wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you. He wants to help you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And see, so many Christians were doing nothing about that. So what is one of the problems, and we talked about last week, the importance of having God in your plans and, excuse me, what that looks like. But today I want to draw your attention to what it says in 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I want to draw our attention to that today, and I want to, I want to really pick at this and hopefully change the, our vision for our lives right now. Because some of us in this room, all we are is fixed on the things that are seen. And if you're fixed on the things which are seen, remember, the Bible says those are temporary. You're going to miss out on the things of God. And this is why for some of us, the things that we don't want to have and know we shouldn't have are so dang attractive to you that you can't stop them. You can't move away from the things which are not seen. We got to get you to change your appetite, to change your focus to things that are eternal instead of things that are temporal. And we live in a world that, man, all they do, all they preach to you on, on the news, on TV, in the music you listen to is temporal things. If you're listening to music, all they're singing about is things you can either eat, things you can drink, things you can wear or things you can drive, baby. That's it. That's all that matters to them. That's all that matters to some of us in this room. And you look at the rest of us that are after eternal things and you just scratch your head because you don't get it. Why do these people serve this community? Why do these people give their money to this church? Why do these people come every Sunday and listen to this guy preach? Why do these people read these books? Why do they talk like they do? See, you don't get it because all you're focused on is the temporal. 
And what 2 Corinthians is basically saying is that is stupid. Sergio Lamone translation, copyright, 2016. He's saying that's dumb because that's temporal. And as we talked about last week, eternity goes on forever. I like what we saw in that video with Francis Chan. You know, you were focused on this little, this little few years when what you need to be focused on is all of eternity that's coming. And it's idiotic to just sit here and focus only on the temporal. You focus on the on, only on the, tem- on the temporal, you're going to miss out on a whole bunch. And unfortunately, that's what people are doing. So we've got to shift things in our lives to looking at the things which are not seen. Now, that, that, that phrase there seems real confusing. What do you mean, focus on things that are not seen? What this is basically talking about is the spirit realm. And it pains me. It pains me. I travel all over the place, and it pains me to see how many Christians are just so ignorant of the spirit realm, have no understanding about it, and the ones that think they do are weird. Remember we talked about the ditches, you know, you, when, there's, when there's a road of truth, some people fall where they know they're ignorant of the spirit, and then there's this other ditch where everybody that thinks they know the spirit is super weird. They walk around, <laughs> that look in their eye, you know, it's like, ooh, I don't want that. Yeah, but I also don't want this to where I'm just, regard, just ignorant to anything spiritual. And if I don't understand it, I don't want it, even if it's in the Bible. What did Paul say? Paul said, desire spiritual gifts. We've got churches that have literally shut the door to the spiritual gifts. But Paul said, hmm, Paul said for me to desire that. But my church says, yeah, well, we don't don't want that here. You know what I say to that? Find another church. Because if it's Bible or what church says, Bible always wins. Always wins. And so what is the problem? We are not focusing on the things that are not seen. So the, the things that are not seen are eternal. That's where I've got to put my eyes. But you say, how can I put my eyes there, Pastor, if I can't see them? See, what he's talking about is your, your natural sight. And we've got to learn to value the things which are not seen. Many of your promises, many of your dreams, how many of you know, in the natural, you can't see them. But for many of you, you see them very clear. Amen. You should. You should have a clear vision of where you're going in that unseen realm. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. Faith is evidence of things not seen. We've got to learn to focus on the importance of things not seen. And you say, well, how do I know if I'm doing that? Let me, here's how you know if you're doing that or not. You will drop 170 bucks for a pair of Jordans but you won't pay $20 for a book. I'm coming for you, ladies. You know how I do. <laughs> you will drop 400 bucks for a Michael Kors handbag. Got all quiet. Y'all liked the Jordans thing, didn't y'all? Y'all was hitting your, hitting your husbands like, yeah, honey. But won't go to a singles awakening. See, what is the difference? See, this is the problem with society today. Nobody complains that Kanye West's new shoes, the Yeezys, 
Are 300 bucks? Is that how much they run now? Something like that. Three to four hundred dollars. Ain't nobody complaining about that. But there's a there's a knucklehead at a Barnes and Noble today going up to the book counter and complaining about why is this book $25? I heard a knucklehead this I was at a conference this week. We were at the bookstore. I heard a guy in front of me doing it. Dang, 10 bucks. I wanted to grab that book and hit him with it. Bam. Because I thought to myself, the clothes you're wearing cost more than this book of unseen things. But you value the things you can wear, eat, touch more than the knowledge that is wrapped up in a $10 book. See, that's what Paul is talking about. You got to value the unseen stuff. This is why people that don't, aren't Christians, they think we're crazy coming together on a Sunday every week to hear words and hear a guy like me speak to you. They, they just don't get it. Why? Because they don't see what's happening in the unseen realm. They don't see it. They, see, because they're stuck in the temporal realm, the, the, what they can see. You know, they, 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 it's, it's crazy. So then churches are under the pressure nowadays to have church in an hour. That's the pressure, man. I talk to pastors all over. That's the whole thing. That's the new thing. We want to get people in and out. In and out? That's a burger joint. That's no way to serve God. <laughs> See, when the mentality is to get you in and out, it doesn't matter what you got. It just matters that you came. Yeah. That's religion. That's religion. It matters. Hey, you got out of bed. You dressed. You put on some smell good, combed your hair, brushed your teeth. Come on. You did all that to come in, go like this, bow your head, hear a word, and get, go home the same? Come on now. Now, listen, we're not one of these churches that will keep you here till 3 either. Amen? Right? Right? Because some of us remember those days. Church started at 9, you'd get done at 2. And you'd still go home the same. Just more tired. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Went to, was, was at a church one time like that, you know? And this guy told me a story one time. He said he was preaching. This, I was preaching, and I was going, and I ran a little long. He said, and this guy got up off the second row, and he put his finger up, and he went out, and he started walking out, and the preacher called him out. Preacher said, hey, where are you going? He said, man, I'm going to get a haircut. And the guy said, you should have did that before you came to the church this morning. He said, I didn't need a haircut before I came to church this morning. You going so dang long, it's just I got to go get faded up. So remember, there, there's a middle ground. We've got churches in this ditch. Let's get them in and out. Have 60-minute service is perfect, amen, but nothing happens. But then we got this other ditch over here where they won't keep you in church all day long. <laughs> and we're going to sweat until the glory comes. And, and we're going to get testimony time. And this sister's going to come up here and receive the offering. And this one's going to testify. And your stomach's growling. And you're sleeping. And you're there till 2. That's not it either. But what I'm trying to get you to see 
is we've got to value eternal things so much that, it, it, you know, we, we value the time we get with God. We value church. We don't come to church because we have to. We come to church because we get to. You see? Why is it nobody complains about a two-and-a-half-hour movie at the movies? Why is it we go to Disney and stand in a line for two hours for a 10-minute ride? And be happy about it. Happy about it. Dude, it's going to be so great. This is awesome. I can't wait. Let's go, let's go on again. Let's go on again. And you come to church, and we're going to worship God. And you're, you're sitting here. I see, I see some of you acting like your leg is going to fall off because you stand in 10 minutes. Are we that out of shape that we can't stand for 20 minutes and do this? But I'm, 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 I'm pointing fun because I need you to see how way off we are with life. We're so focused on the temporal. We'll go home and we'll watch the playoffs today, and that game will go two and a half hours, and nobody's complaining. We're enjoying it because we value that scene realm to the degree that we despise. We despise the things that are not seen, and you will never be great living like that. You will never accomplish the will of God living like that. Let me show you some more scriptures here now. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 5, and 6, it says this, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Now listen to this, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. That's an amazing scripture right there. And I often wonder why, as Christians, we ignore such powerful truths like that. Remember, going back to what we're talking about, we're talking about changing our focus to eternal things, experiencing eternal life here on earth. Paul says you got to focus more on the things that are not seeing. What is he talking about? The spirit. Now we go here, Paul tells us here in chapter 3, he tells us that, You've got to be careful because the letter, uh, not to be ministers of the new covenant, not only of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, kills, but the spirit gives life. But most of us ignore the spirit. Most of us don't know the spirit. And most of us don't focus on the spirit. So we begin to be carriers in this Christian walk of things that kill and not things that live. Are you tracking with me today? So we have an inability because of our ignorance of spiritual things to bring life. All we bring is death. Christian people, believers. And it, and it happens because we don't focus and we don't look on eternal things. We don't value them. We don't value them. Are you guys tracking with me today? So we've got to shift this. Because remember, the goal of our walk is not to make it to heaven. It's to experience eternal life here on earth. How do we experience eternal life? Jesus told us, hey, you don't make it about rules. He said you don't need to walk and try to fulfill all the law of the old covenant. You don't need to be keeping all these commandments and all these rules and all this thing. All you need to do is do two things. Love the Lord God with all your spirit, soul, and body, and love your neighbor as yourself. We call that in 2016 loving God and lifting others. But you can't do it 
You can't do it to the ability you need to unless you subscribe to focusing on unseen things. This is why people are fruitless. This is why people are fruitless. I want to call you to the altar of your heart again in the place that people should be getting saved as a result of your relationship with Jesus. People should be coming to church. People should be inquiring about the things of God by just being around you. It doesn't happen, though, for many of us. And many of us want that, but here's what we do. We go, we go along the path of the letter. Well, maybe if I just learn more things, I'll become a better communicator of the gospel. This is why we have a lot of Bible colleges that are just filled with people chasing the letter, ignoring the spirit. Do both. Do both. I learned a long time ago, my pastor taught me this, if too much word, you dry up. Too much spirit, you blow up. But with spirit in the word, you grow up. Oh, come on, somebody. And we've got churches and people that are just so dry and dead with the letter, the letter, the word, the word. But you better have some understanding of the spirit realm. Because Paul said, focus on the unseen, it's eternal. We got to be a church that's focused on the eternal things and not just the temporal things. People focused on eternity are tithers. People focus on, who focus on eternity give to the local church. Why? Because our entire purpose is eternity. Oh, that was a great place to say amen, except if you're stingy, come on. Let me keep going here. I feel a brick spirit in the back there. Okay, Galatians chapter 5, 16. Let's take it a step further. Y'all realize I'm just reading the Bible to you today. That's all I'm doing. Let's, let's keep going. Galatians 5, 16. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Look at verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What's Paul saying here? Remember, again, temporal, eternal, spiritual, fleshly, okay? Paul's taking it a step further, and he begins to say this. You better change your vision because you've got to understand these two points of views war against each other. In other words, this. If you keep focusing on temporal things and living a life to chase the temporal, you'll never be able to embrace the spirit. Because he simply says the spirit and the flesh, the temporal realm, they war. And some of us are trying to be in, in, in an in a, in a, uh, uh, agreement with both realms to, in a way that is detrimental to the spirit. Are you tracking with me? Guys are just looking at me like I lost you there. Let me, let me show you what this looks like. So, so people that are just focused on temporal things never get a grasp of spiritual things. And the minute they don't understand something in God, they reject it. Like speaking in other tongues. Why do Christians have such a hard time with praying in the Holy Ghost? The new covenant is based on this spiritual truth. Jesus came to the earth. And he told the disciples, it is better that I leave so that he can come. Now, put, this, put yourself in the disciples' shoes here. They are walking with the one true God. And he's telling them, hey, I got to go. It'd be like, 
what are you talking about? You're drinking too much wine, Jesus. What's going on? What do you mean it's better if you leave? He goes, it's better if I leave because the God of the universe that's on me will now begin to live in you. He said, right now, you're walking with me. But when I go and the Holy Ghost comes, I'll live in you. And he said, this is much better. Let me take it a step further. So what he does is he goes to the cross to give us what? Eternal life? Not only that, but to make our vessels have the ability to carry his presence. So he goes, I got to go to the cross, shed my blood to clean you in the natural? No, in the spirit so that your vessel can hold my spirit. Are you tracking with me today? So one of the main purposes of Jesus going to the cross was to clean you spiritually so you can hold his presence. The very presence that Christians today don't want. Oh, that's weird. Shonda, Landa, Landa. No, that's weird. That's weird. You all keep that over there. What, laying on of hands. What, what, that's, what, falling, what, that's weird. It's only weird until you need it. Remember that beer commercial? It's only weird. It was, what was that thing where they were doing it? Help me, somebody. It ain't weird if it works. Thank you. Y'all remember that Bud Light commercial? The guys that, you know, they're, they're doing this crazy stuff at the goal line, you know, and they're doing this ritual, and people are going, what are they doing? And then the field goal goes in, and they're giving high fives, and the thing comes. It's, only, it's not weird if it works. You might think praying in the Holy Ghost is weird now, but wait till you're going through a crisis. Wait till you, you might think laying hands is on you is weird now, and, and wait till you got some ailments in your life. Wait till your baby's dying. You're going to say, get everybody's hands on here. Lay them on me. I remember Selena was maybe six months old, and my wife was out shopping with her at the grocery store, and, and we had, she had just got out from the doctor, and that's what it was. She just got back from a doctor's appointment because she had been running a fever. And so the doc, we went there, a doctor gave her some meds and everything. So she, uh, we had to stop at the grocery store to pick up the prescription. So my wife was there. And while my wife was there, you know, Selena was, she was shivering. And uh, she had like a fever. And so if, if you have small ones, when you have a fever, you don't wrap your babies up. Because that will cause that thing to spike. Well, as new parents, we didn't know that. We just saw our babies shivering, so she's cold, and so she wrapped, you got wrapped up. Well, she began to slip into a seizure right there in the grocery store. And so Pastor Tina just went into full prayer mode right there in the store. And not these little, you know, your baby's going through a seizure. You're not just, oh, shandala bobosa. No, she was in there warring, kataraba, I rebuke the spirit of death off. And, and she just began to pray in other tongues. And all the store people came. They called 911 and all these kinds of things. And my wife's in there praying. She karatata. And then and the, and the doctor, the, the, the paramedics came and they took care of her and she was okay and everything. And then my wife, when she was done praying, she heard one of the other ladies go to the other lady. She said, oh, she was a little delirious. She was just gibbering. She was just giving gibberish, you know. They thought my wife just lost her mind. It's just la la But you know what? I believe that saved my, my daughter's life. I believe that saved my daughter's life just because she knew how to pray. Call it weird if you want to, but it ain't weird if it works. That's good. 
But we've got a generation of Christians that when once we don't understand something, we want to keep it away, and we're forgetting that, hey, we've got to be focused on the eternal promises of the word, not the temporal. Are you tracking with me today? So look at your life. What, where do your finances go? Where does your time go? Is it going enough into eternal things? I said this last week. My, my God, I got kids in baseball, and many of you do too. Man, that's like taking on a third job. And I don't mind that. We do it. But at the end of the day, my kids know, hey, God comes first, not baseball. Amen? Amen. Not sports. Not any temporal things. You could be a part of them. But in the scheme of things, you've got to understand what's more important. Amen? You've got to understand. See, this is why you've got to value the things of God. Because if you don't, there begins to be a war in your life. And the thing you're more friendly with will begin to win out all the time. So you want to be focused on this temporal realm so much, it will always talk you out of spiritual things. Because they don't go together. They war against each other. Now, we live in a temporal realm, a fleshly realm, but you've got to be so connected with the spirit that you can manage the fleshly realm. You can't escape it. We live in it. Things got to get done. You got to take care of things. You got to take care of your needs. But if you're connected to the spirit, the spirit puts things in order. And your value system begins to change. Are you tracking with me today? See, that's why when we do missions trips, people got to raise $1,800. And, you know, those of you that have gone, you get it. We go. We do it. Why? Because we're so connected to the spirit, it's worth more than what I could have bought with that $1,800. Some of us can't get past the price of things. You know, if prices of things bother you, you're cheap. Just let that marinate. That's a nice sauce, nice layer right there, Mondo. The marination right there. <laughs> Mondo can appreciate marinades. That's why. It's our bar- one of our barbecue champions, yeah. Which we're coming up this summer, too. Get ready. But listen, we've got to be led by the spirit. We've got to make sure that we're connecting to the spirit realm, okay? See, in today's society, so much influence is placed on appearance rather than substance. Everything's about appearance. I'm going to set somebody free this morning. Nothing wrong with appearance. Matter of fact, take care of yours. That's a word for somebody. I'm not going to point to who. I'm not going to point to who. And you shouldn't either. But appearance is important, but not as important as substance. Not as important as substance. In the last days, that the Bible talks about in the last days, people will be given to false doctrines. And it also, calls, it also says that they'll be like clouds with no rain. That's the days we're living in. People will drive a nice car but be in ridiculous debt, and we call them prosperous. People will have handbags and nice rims and, and expensive shoes, but live in the hood. Amen? I drive, you know, you drive by these neighborhoods sometimes, and especially at night, you, you know, you drive by, they have the windows open. There's a bigger screen TV than I got in my house. All the while, they're dodging bullets outside, too. I'm, I'm getting too close to home. It's getting, it's getting tight in here right now. 
Why, why do we do things like that? Why do we spend so much on appearance but have no substance? Men, if you have daughters, raise your daughters to be about more than just their appearance. That's a word right there. Because we can't be so focused on appearance that we have no substance, we become clouds with no rain. What's a cloud with no rain? Good for nothing. We need substance. We're consumed with appearance. Appearance has its place, and it's very important. I'll say it like that. But we must be reminded that appearance is not everything. you got to have substance. Appearance without substance, listen, it's a disappointment. It's a disappointment. Y'all ever go to the uh, flea market? You buy some clothes because it's got a name brand on it. You take it home. You rock it one time. You put it in the machine, washing machine. That sucker shrinks up, shreds. Come on, am I the only one that ever had that happen? I'm going to put my hand up, try to save some money. It's a disappointment. Cheeto always says this. It might say Gucci, but it's Fucci. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's a disappointment, y'all. It's not the same. I remember one year going to Malaysia. You know, they have, they have the, uh, the street markets over there. And they have the black market over there. You can get everything knockoff. And I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something here. And, and, and I called my wife. I said, hey, they have these bags. She said, ah, okay, that's fine. I went and got one. And I, that's a whole other story. It's a whole procedure to get to it. So I got this bag. Man, it lasted like three months. Why? Because it focused on the appearance but didn't have the substance. Did you know Christians are like this? Did you know many churches are like this? They look good. looks like we're holy. It looks like we got it all together, but we, don't, we can't get nobody healed, can't get nobody delivered. What good is a church that can't meet the needs of the people? I want to be the kind of church when you, they get sick, they know where to bring them. Like, I remember being in, in the church we were in in Florida. Uh, you know, people went to other churches, but I remember a lot of times when we would have healing, healing nights, people from other churches would come to our church. And they'd say, and we'd say, hey, you know, why are you, oh, well, we know where to go when we get sick. And I thought, well, you need to leave that place and get a new home. But, you know, God does what he does. I want us to be known in that, in that realm. Amen. We've got to be about substance. Appearance without substance, it's a disappointment. Remember that when you're dating single people. I think they do hear, need to hear again. Remember that when you're dating single people. Let me get the sign going for some of you here. Did I do that right? Come up here and sign that for me. Because most, let me talk to the guys. Most guys want appearance and no substance. Because we're visual. So you want appearance with no substance. Give that thing three years, four years maybe. Until you find out, when you unwrap that, how, what, what's all crazy inside. Crazy comes in a pretty package. Somebody could tweet that right there. That's a tweetable moment. Crazy can come in a pretty package. All right? It, it can. But that's the problem with a society that only values appearance over substance. Are, we kind of, do you, are you the kind of Christian that's like that? 
Imagine a great car that doesn't have a good engine. Some of you don't have to imagine it. You have it on your front lawn right now. It's a disappointment. Yeah, but it's a 1960s. It don't matter. It's a 6-4. It don't matter. It don't run. It's a disappointment. I feel a brick spirit in here right now. Imagine not a nice dress, a pair of pants that looks nice, but it's cheaply made. A house that looks great on the outside, but on the inside, it's a wreck. All these things would be a disappointment to the consumer. And you know what? I think Christianity many times is a disappointment to the world. Because they see us. They think we got it all together. And then they get around us. And they're disappointed. I don't want to be a church like that. I don't want to produce believers like that. Listen, we've got to be about substance. I believe today is Christianity is a disappointment to the lost, to the lost. We have mastered looking good, sounding good, having lights, all that stuff. But whenever you look below the surface, it seems that even the church has bought into society's tendency to settle over appearance, over substance. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not a new problem. Even Jesus dealt with this. He even declared to the Pharisees that in that day they were whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. This is what Jesus preached to the church. He told them. He said, y'all ain't nothing but a bunch of tombs. You're well manicured on the outside. The lawn's cut. It's painted white. Everything's good. But if we were to look inside of you, you're full of death. I've been to that church. I've met that Christian. We don't want to be that way. We want to have substance. We want to be that, listen, when you get close to us, you're not disappointed. When you, when there, there's something in us. We believe the word of God. We're focused on eternal things. Look at Matthew 23, 27 through 28. This is where he says it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside you're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. 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 Yes, there's grace, but the law of God is written on our hearts. There's a right way to live. There's a right way to live. How much longer will some of us just ignore the right thing? You know you shouldn't be sleeping with her. You got a decision to make. You know you, know you got to quit doing that thing. You're going to keep calling grace. It doesn't work like that. It's not what this thing's about. It's not a ticket to just live however you want and then throw up that thing. Well, God loves me anyway. Listen, God loves you anyway, but your life is going to stink and be full of death. It's going to be that way. And that death is going to trickle down onto your kids and your kids' kids, and it's just going to be a big mess. Why? Because we don't take a chance and stop and fix the temporal for the eternal. Jesus gives us instructions, live eternally. This is how you do it. And we just go, well, well hey, God loves me anyway. He loves you. It's not an issue of love. It's an issue of what you're going to produce. Don't be rebellious. 
Let me break it down to you in the Message Bible here, Matthew 23, 27, and 28. He says it like this to the church folks, the Pharisees. He said, you're hopeless. You religious scholars and Pharisees, you're frauds. You're like manicured grave plots, grass clipped and the flowers bright, but six feet down, it's all rotting bones and worm-eaten flesh. People look at you and think you're saints, but beneath the skin, you're total frauds. What is it about the human condition that settles on the appearance rather than pay the price for the substance? This is why I'm saying, folks, you can't be cheap. You can't be cheap. You can't be cheap with your money. You can't be cheap with your life. Pay the price. Well, I'll lose all my friends. Pay the price. Well, I won't have any time to pay the price. Greatness will cost you. Having a good family will cost you. Being rich will cost you. Pay the price. This ain't that church. Don't be bringing grandma's claps. You're going to clap, clap. Pay the price. Be all in. Whatever it's going to cost you. That's the problem. We want everything at a discount. Come on, somebody. Let's break that hood mentality. Break that ghetto thing, that body or thing. Come on. We want, we want everything cheaper. We want a deal on everything. How much for a rib? Remember that? <laughs> How much for some ribs? You say, what? $10. Give me one rib. No, no, this ain't no bargaining thing. You want to have a good marriage? It's going to cost you. Just pay it. Just pay it. You want to raise some good kids? You might have to, you might have to sacrifice the house, you, the house that you want to raise some good kids. Pay it. But I want to live in that neighborhood. You want that neighborhood or you want some good kids? Sometimes it's either or. You can have both sometimes, but sometimes it's either or. Find what you want and pay the price. It's the same way in God. I get sick. I get, I get sick. I'm just going to vent to you. Is this all right? I get sick of baby Christians. Not baby as in new, but babies that should have been grown up a long time ago. Crying about stuff that just needs to get done. Well, you know, it's just so hard being single. No, you're making it hard. Because you won't do what needs to be done. It's just so hard serving the Lord. All my friends go out on Friday. Well, go to hell with them. Just go on with them. Go. You, 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 you want this or you want that? Because you could get with this, so you could get with that. You could get with this. Okay, I'm done ranting. Let me, let me finish up here. Okay. So what is the price? You got to pay it. Okay, God's interested in substance. It's the age-old war that rages against spirit and flesh. This is what it, really what it's all about. Let me break it down to you like this. The natural man. These are some flesh facts, okay? Write these down if you're taking notes. This is the flesh. This is the temporal realm, okay? The flesh desires comfort above all else. That's what the flesh desires. You got to give that up to serve the spirit. The flesh desires comfort above all else. What do we call that in today's vernacular? Selfishness. 
That's all it is. So those of us that live in the temporal realm, the fleshly realm, all your whole thing is focused on is comfort. Comfort. People won't serve God because they got to get up on Sundays. Some of you used to be that person. Remember those days? Yeah. That was terrible. What's terrible? Come on, you can't go to church because you want to sleep? We sleep when we die, amen? Hallelujah. That's like a line from 300, remember? We sleep when we die. Okay. Or we take naps after church like I do, amen, all right. So the flesh desires comfort above all all else. That's selfishness. That's what that's all about. The second thing, the flesh desires accomplishment without sacrifice or discomfort. The flesh desires accomplishment without sacrifice or discomfort. People want to be leaders but don't want to pay the price of a leader. People want to be rich but not go through the process to be rich. People want a business but don't want to put in the the blood, sweat, and tears to start the business. That's fleshly. Don't listen to this get-rich-quick scheme. You want to be rich so bad but but not pay the price, you'll start selling drugs. And then justify it. Well, I got to get mine. You won't get yours. It'll be a bullet or a jail cell. That story ends the same way. And you could justify it all you want. Well, I, I got to take care of my family. Get a job, homie. Because you ain't taking care of your family from behind bars. And you darn sure ain't taking care of them when you're dead. That story's been written. Look around. Listen, look. What? That ain't a new revelation. It ain't new. Look, at, you know homies that are dead. You know people behind bars because they have that mentality. They don't want to work for what they, what they really want to have. That's fleshly. Your marriage ain't going to get better if you do nothing about it. I, ju- I don't like marriage counseling. Get over that. How much stuff do we do every day we don't like? It's a part of life. You've got to do things you don't like. And especially if you want something, you've got to do things you don't like. Submit, serve, sacrifice, all that stuff. It's not always fun. But see, the flesh, we just want the accomplishment. These get-rich-quick schemes, forget it. Get over that. That's fleshly. That's not eternal. It's It's going to cost you something to be successful. Pay the price. Pay the price. You know what? Um... You know, uh, life coaches and people that do those things, if you join their courses and stuff, you pay money. And that's good. That's good. Let's talk. I had somebody, I had somebody, I won't won't say who, but they're sending me their package for their thing. I was like, praise God, charge that. Because if somebody won't pay that, they'll never be successful anyway. You won't buy a book for something. You ain't ain't getting there anyway. If you won't pay for a marriage conference, you ain't going to have a good marriage anyway. If you won't buy a book on marriage, Forget, you, you get the picture, amen? I'm going on some more rants right now, amen? Let's keep going. So flesh desires accomplished without sacrifice or discomfort. Here's another one. The flesh is self-centered. It's just about you. Your vision's only about you. Your life's only about you. You'll die lonely being like that, okay? You'll die lonely if it's just about you. That's why you got to connect. That's why you got to put your money to work in the kingdom. That's why you got to serve other people. That's what being a Christian is all about. Now, the flesh settles for appearance. Appearance only serves the flesh and cannot help anyone else. Did you know when you settle for the appearance of being holy, strong, a Christian, 
what is happening is you're only serving yourself. You like what that brings you. You like the attention of looking like you got it together. You like the fact that people call upon you to pray at meals, and you like how all that is. But in reality, there ain't nothing in you. There ain't nothing in you, because if somebody got sick, you wouldn't know what to do. Oh, pa- Pastor, come over and pray for this person. You pray for them. But see, you know you ain't got nothing in you. Are you tracking with me today? Not opposed. Yeah, I'll pray for people. I don't want to scare you. I better, not, I better not ask pastor to pray for my people. No, 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 I get it. You know, you need a prayer of agreement and stuff like that. But you hear what I'm saying. You got to have this thing in you too. This got to be in you too. The, 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 to settle for appearance is only serving you. You got to go for substance, which is the spirit. Let me leave you with these things here. The spirit man, spirit facts. The spirit desires to please God at the expense of the flesh. The spirit desires to please God at the expense of the flesh. That's a mouthful right there. You know what that means? Even though like, my flesh don't want to get up and serve as an usher, I do it anyway. Because I want to please God. Amen? Even though I don't feel like being a Christian, I'm going to be one. Why? Because I want to serve God. That's the spirit. That's how the spirit walks. That's how this thing, that's how we get down. Amen. Tell the person next to you, that's how I get down. Even if you don't, just speak it. Just speak it over. Amen. (laughs) Listen, you change jobs if it keeps you from God. I didn't get no amens on that right there. Don't mess with my money, pastor. No, listen, (laughs) eternal things. Eternal things. Man, is it, you know, you, you, you got to wrap your mind around this a little bit. Okay, keep going. The spirit puts God's plan before their own. Whew. What's God's plan for your life? Some of you don't even know and don't even care. But you could tell me what you want. You got to shift that. Because it's in fulfilling God's plan that you get what you want. Jesus said to find your life, you got to lose it. Do you know my dreams came true when I laid down my vision for my pastors when I was in Florida? I had all these dreams, these visions. I was going to go here. I was going to go there. Didn't know how it was going to happen. I get to Florida, and God just says, do whatever he says. Serve him. You know what began to happen? I began to go to the nations. I hosted my own radio program. I always wanted to do a radio Christian hip-hop program. It was called The Vibe. I always wanted to do that. One day while I'm serving my pastor's uh, vision, he goes, hey, you know, this thing opened up, and they want us to do a radio show. Is anybody interested? He said, go ahead and do it. Boom. We went on the air, man. We used to bump Christian hip-hop, and we would take calls and do all this. That was a vision of mine. It got fulfilled. Not by serving my vision, by serving his. You lay down your life, God gives you yours back. I hosted a program. I hosted a TV program. It was called Spirit Life Now. Every year, we used to do a monthly broadcast where we just focused on young people, and I hosted that program. That went on to 40 different nations. We were broadcasting worldwide at the time. And then when Pastor was gone and he couldn't do a Sunday, he would have me, he would have me preach, and that broadcast would go on the air. And I've preached on television in 40 different nations, not by me doing it, but by serving a vision. By putting God's plan first, he puts your plan. Uh, he gives you your life back, and he fulfills your plans. Are you tracking with me today? But you got to put God's plan before your own. What does God want for your life? Find out. Next one. The spirit is not motivated by fear or selfish gain, but love. we got to focus on the spirit, people. 
some of our motives for doing things are wrong. See, some of you do things so I'll see. Some of you don't do things because you think I'll find out. That's no motive. Let love compel you to live right, not because you're afraid I'm going to find out or the Rosados are going to find out or some of your leaders are going to find out. No, man, you do right because you love God. You serve because you love God. If nobody comes and pats you on the back, get over it. You're doing it for God. Nobody notices. No one's coming and telling me I'm a good good sound person. I'm a good this. Get over it. It's not about them, right? Right? That didn't go over too well. Maybe it is. Now, listen, encouragement's good. I try to give it. Other leaders try to give it. But if you don't get it, you better be all right. You better be all right because God knows what you're doing. We got to be, we got to cry less. Amen. That's another good one. That's a tweetable one thing. Cry less. Amen. Put that out there on the uh, World Wide Web there. Okay. Next one. The spirit desires substance because only substance can affect others. The only thing that can help people is what you carry. What you carry. Not how you look. What you carry. What do you carry? You got to carry something. You got you to have something in your spirit. And you know how you get something in your spirit? Through the word and prayer. The two things we can't get nobody to do. Two things Christians don't want to do is where substance comes from. You'll come to church. We'll serve. Hey, we'll even throw something in that bucket every now and again. But devotionals, I can't get nobody to do them. And then you want to come up and try to help people. You ain't got nothing in you. You're a smile and a handshake, which is cool, which is cool. All you are is a hug. That's cool, too. People need that stuff. But you ain't no substance. ain't no power in you. I want it to be that when you give that handshake, you know, they get something. Laying empty hands on empty heads. That's what happened a lot in a lot of churches. Because substance comes from God. Substance comes from the word and prayer. Two things we can't get you to do. Now, listen, I'm not throwing rocks, but look at your life. I don't care if you're in the front row or the last row. What are you working to, to, to get? What are you working to carry? It comes from your prayer life. It comes from the books you read, the messages you hear. You hear me say it all the time. What am I trying to get you to do? I'm trying to get you to carry something. Most churches are, are good with just producing nice people. That's not the goal. Be nice, yes, absolutely. Don't be a jerk. But carry something. Carry something so when your family's going through it, your prayers shake heaven. Carry something so that you can bring comfort to the hurting. Carry something so you can produce wealth to help the poor. Carry something. You know where that something comes from? It comes from the word. It comes from prayer. You better take those things, those two things I just named there, from the bottom of your list and put them at the top. You want to be eternal? Because for some of us, we pray when we got time. We read when we got time. No, you make time. You want to be a woman of God? Put that at the top of the list. You want to be a man of God? Put that at the top of the list. You want to be a good husband? Put it at the top of the list. You want to be a good wife? Put that at the top of the list. I'll do anything for my kids. Then pray. What? 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 Because I get tired of hearing stuff like that rhetoric. Family first. 
but you won't come to church. What kind of family are you going to produce without God? I got to get tired of the ghetto rhetoric. You my world, baby. Go to church for her then. Pray for her then. I love you. Pray for her then. Just buy her stuff. Take her out. Live for God for her. Is this all right? Man, I'm just trying to tell you guys, we've got to switch our, our focus in life. And it costs something. It costs. I don't know what you got to pay. I don't know what you got to shift. I don't know if you got to get another job, change your friends. It's going to hurt a little bit. I realize that. But it's worth it. Or do you just want to be this Christian that goes to church every Sunday and walks like this, I guess. I don't know where this is coming from. And looks nice and just does the deal and has no fruit in their life. Is that what you want? Because, man, I hate to break this to you. This ain't the place you're going to get that. Because I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to minister the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. We're going to sing in the Spirit. And if that's uncomfortable, then, man, you got to read the Bible. And that's the problem. we got people that want to serve God but not read the Bible. we got people that want to come to church but not experience God. Are you tracking with me? Help me on the keyboard. We don't want that. You want to know why? Because lives are at stake. Parents, if you don't get this, your kids don't get it. I don't want to lose another generation. We got so many beautiful babies out there in the nursery. You know, we got baby Caleb. We got baby Gabriel. And I don't know why we put baby before their names. Obviously, they're babies. Caleb's not even a baby. He's three years old almost now. And I don't want to be the pastor. Because I didn't preach the word to you. We lose those kids in 15 years. I've told you before, I don't want to be the pastor that's got to stand in before judges of your children that were raised in this church and talk a judge out of sentencing them. And they're raised in this church. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. I don't want us to be that. Do you realize there are things at stake if we don't, we don't meet the need, if we don't focus our attention on eternal things, if we don't value the word and prayer, if we don't value church, if we don't value praise and worship, if we don't value the gifts of the spirit, if we don't value that stuff, a generation dies. We might grow as a church. We might get a big building. Big whoop will be a big giant cloud with no water in it. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. I don't want that for your life. I'm tired. Of, I don't want to marry folks and then 10 years see them divorced. I don't want that. I don't want to dedicate kids and then see that they're, you know, not serving the Lord later on. Parents aren't even together. And you know what? There's not a lot I can do except point you to Jesus. Love you and point you to Jesus. Stand on your feet. for a moment because I, I feel like I feel like God really wants to speak to some of us because you've been afraid to pay a price 
There's something that he's asking of you. You're afraid to just do it. And you're trying to play that compromising role of, I want God, but I don't, I'm not willing to get rid of this. I'm not willing to change this. And you know what? And some of you do this. You'll always find someone to go, well, they didn't do it. Well, they didn't act like that. Well, they didn't have to change friends. Well, they, it ain't about what they did. It's about what God's asking you to do. Put your eyes on other people and look what other people got away with. That's not even a good heart. God may be requiring something of you that is simply of you. Listen to that. Why? Because it's putting God's plan before your own. Just keep your eyes closed for a moment. Some of you, man, you just got to make that decision. Premarital sex is not an eternal thing. It's a, it's a temporal pleasure. I heard Jensen Franklin say this week, sin kills, sin, th sin thrills, and then it kills. It fascinates, then it assassinates. Just make the change. Just, just, God is not mad. He's just saying, make the change. Others of you, it's, it's changing your time to make the God things priority. Yeah, God, but, but if I do that, then this thing's going to suffer. Pay the price. You'd be surprised. Sometimes that's not even the case. That's just fear talking to you. Well, if I pay my tithe, if I give my tithe, well, then how am I going to get this stuff? And that's just fear trying to talk you out of obeying God. God ain't going to let you go without. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, some of you here, it's time to just get this eternal walk with God, this eternal life on today. Maybe you're not serving the Lord, and maybe you've come up with a lot of reasons why you can't. Listen, get rid of those reasons. Today's your day. Today is your day. And if you're not serving the Lord, and you know you need to get things right with God, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just a decision you've got to make. And we want to pray with you this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, man, I need to get my life with God. I just want you to raise your hand right now. Just slip up a hand. Yeah, I see that. I see that hand, my brother. Yes, I see that hand just keep it up for a moment more and I want to ask you to do one more bold thing and this is where the rubber meets the road and it's okay we've all had to do this before maybe you've done it before but you're doing it again that's fine we want you to do one other thing we want you to come down to the front so we can pray for you and we can connect with you and help you walk this thing out so if you're lifting your hand right now just begin to come begin to make your way forward right now come on come on nothing to be ashamed of come on come on yeah give them a good hand clap as they come come on Yes, praise God. Yes. God bless you. He was amen in me today, man. He was, he was getting in on it. God bless you, bro. God bless you, man. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Listen, just turn to your neighbor and say, if you want to go down there, I'll go down there with you. Come on, just, just, just ask him, encourage him. If you need to get in on this, just come with him. Just bring him down if they need to. Amen. It might be your wife. Amen. I don't know. I'm just checking on, baby. You need to get saved again. I don't know. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless. Amen. God bless you guys. Listen, you guys that are up here right now, I want you to just close your eyes. We're all going to pray this with them. And then we're going to pray over them. Yeah, come on in on this. Just close your eyes for a moment. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, Jesus is going to come into your life. He's going to forgive you of your sins. He's going to, it don't matter what you've done. It don't matter what you're going through. 
He's going to come into your life and He's going to give you eternal life. He's going to give you the ability to be in relationship with Him. But you got to open your mouth and confess with your mouth. But we're going to pray this with Him. Let's say this. Say, Jesus, I need you. I know that I haven't been living for you. And I need you in my life. Forgive me for the things I've done wrong. Help me live for you. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. And help me live for you. Even when I make mistakes, help me pursue you. Now listen, we're not going to take a lot of time, but Pastor Cheeto is going to take you right over here. We got some of our A-team that's going to come with you guys, and they just want to talk to you and pray with you. Because listen, this isn't the end. This is simply the beginning. You guys have started something. It's going to take some, it's going to take some decisions and effort to continue to walk after the Lord. And so we want to help you guys with that, Pastor Cheeto. Give them a good hand clap as they go. You want to come? They'll wait for you. Make sure. We'll make sure they wait for you guys. Amen. Come on, let's praise Jesus. Thank God. But others of you, others of you, I just want to pray over you right now because I just really sense in my spirit. Some of you have been wanting to take the cheap road. Just take the cheap road. Let me get there without paying the price. Let me get there without making sacrifices. And I just hear the Lord saying, you got to make some changes. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's your schedule. Maybe it's because you're not a, you're not a giver. You're not a faithful tither. You're not, you're not, you know, giving your all in your marriage by giving your all to God. Just close your eyes for a moment. God, make those things clear. Some of y'all might need to move. I just hear that in my spirit. give them the courage and the strength to change, to pursue eternal things. Let us take our eyes off the temporal and fix them on the eternal, on the spirit, Lord. I just pray also for an insatiable hunger for knowledge, for the word, for, for, for books, for information so that they can go to new levels, Lord God. We bless them as they go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. you go, I need you to know that I love you. I really do. You know, when I get into these veins, I poke at things and I laugh at things, but man, I love you guys. And if I hit something that you're dealing with, don't, don't leave here mad. It's just, man, I got to get you to see how foolish it is sometimes. I got to, the only way I can get you to see how foolish it is sometimes is to show you. Amen. And when it hurts, if you've been hurt by it at times, you know you're in the right church. No, you're in the right church. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you. Have a great week. Amen. Have a great week.